Today's Tuesday, June 13th. The title for our devotional is Humility. Our new campaign is called Worthy. Throughout the summer, we'll be exploring the theme of worship and how God is worthy of our worship. This week, we're exploring our posture of worship. There are simply some essential components that must be present for us to have a posture of worship. Yesterday, we looked at the two most common words translated worship in the Bible. Both of them imply a bowing, kneeling, or lying prostrate before the Lord. This posture, of course, is one of humility. To bow, kneel, or prostrate before is to acknowledge that the one we bow before is greater than we are. This is, of course, obvious, but we may miss it because this posture, again, is so unfamiliar in our culture. Scripture constantly calls us humans to a posture of humility. James 4.10, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Matthew 5.3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 23.12, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted, Jesus teaches. Isaiah 57.15, for thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place and also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. The through line here is that God will exalt and glorify those who are humble. We need not seek to exalt ourselves. Instead, we humble ourselves and allow God to lift us up. He promises to do so, and we can trust that he is faithful to his word. And what a relief that is. What a burden off of our shoulders. We don't have to win all the time. We don't have to prove ourselves all the time. It may not seem intuitively obvious, but this posture is truly liberating. To those who are proud, God is able to humble them. Mary prays in the Magnificat in Luke 1, 51-52, where he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. This is a lesson better learned the easy way than the hard way. Remember the story of Nebuchadnezzar. God declared and carried out his decree to the king. Daniel 4.25 reads, You will be driven away from people and will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like the ox and be drenched with the dew of heaven. Seven times will pass before you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes. I remember Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon, the most powerful nation in the world in this time. And God humbles him. About a year later, the king was boasting in the glories of his kingdom when God fulfilled this prophecy and made him live like an animal. Daniel 4, 34-37, we read, At the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes towards heaven, and my sanity was restored. Then I praised the Most High. I honored and glorified him who lives forever. His dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. Remember, these are the words of a pagan king. All the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, What have you done? At the same time that my sanity was restored, my honor and splendor were returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. My advisors and nobles sought me out, and I was restored to my throne and became even greater than before. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the king of heaven, because everything he does is right and all his ways are just. And listen to this, and those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. Again, this is Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, the most powerful nation in the world in the time of Daniel, humbled by God. 
Francis Chan has written, we can't cure our narcissism by trying to ignore ourselves. The solution is to stare at God. We'll talk more about this in the second half of this campaign, but it's worth stating here that the method of growing in humility is not to think less of yourself, it is to think of yourself less, as C.S. Lewis has said, and in doing so, to direct your thoughts onto God. In her book, Free of Me, Sharon Hottie Miller writes, the more we focus on ourselves, the bigger we will seem, and the greater a burden we become to ourselves. When we focus on God, his vast power and might, his unsearchable and unknowable ways, we realize our smallness. It's like standing on a mountain or beside the ocean. In that moment, you discover your true proportion. You feel small in comparison with the cosmos, and there is a beautiful lightness in that realization. You are tiny. You are fragile. You are not in control. The world does not rest on your shoulders, and that is good news. There's so much relief in accepting our smallness, and praising God takes us to that place. In her book, she also quotes John Stott in saying, If worship is right, because God is worthy of it, it is also the best of all antidotes to our own self-centeredness, the most effective way to disinfect us of egotism, as one writer put it long ago. In true worship, we turn the searchlight of our mind and heart upon God, and temporarily forget about our troublesome and usually intrusive selves. We marvel at the beauties and intricacies of God's creation. We survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died. We are taken up with God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because we are normally so turned in on ourselves, we will not find this easy, but we have to persevere, since nothing is more right or more important. These are big words and important words from some very wise Christian teachers that we would do well to heed. For additional content, I also have a link from C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity, or a quote from C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity. He says, In God, you come up against something that is in every respect immeasurably superior to yourself. Unless you know God as that, and therefore know yourself as nothing in comparison, you do not know God at all. As long as you are proud, you cannot know God. <laughs>